I have a reading lesson in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 today. I would encourage you to read along with me. And uh, I have a rather long reading lesson today. I, I rarely do this, but I believe it's necessary for this message. And I desire an interest in your prayers. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning at verse 1. The first verse begins with the word moreover. And that word suggests to us that this is closely connected with what Paul had just got through saying. Now he said in the ninth chapter, if any man strive for the mastery, and he's using a, um, I believe an athletic illustration here, maybe one drawn from the Olympic Games. Uh, if any man strive for the mastery, or in other words, we would put it, if anybody wants to win, if anybody would want to be a winner, he said that we must bring our bodies into subjection, that we should be temperate in all things. And I think every one of us today would like to be successful in life, We'd like, you know, at the end of the road, certainly, uh, for people to look upon our life and, and think that we had, we, had, we had won, that we had somehow had lived a good life and um, finished our course with, uh, with joy, certainly, and with success. He goes on to say, then in the 10th chapter, Moreover, brethren, I would not have you, not that you should be ignorant, how that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. Folks, today in the Old Testament as well as in New Testament times, and today, had it not been for Jesus, every one of us would be lost and without a hope. Now, he's drawing a picture here of Israel as they left Egypt and came through the wilderness to the Promised Land. To refer to their experiences there. And then he says in the fifth verse, but with many of them... And he's talking about those who were all baptized, were all under the cloud, and all drank the same spiritual drink and ate the same spiritual food. They all had the same experiences, but with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. And verse 6 says, Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur, don't complain, and as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of, of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for examples. And they are written for our admonition, and we're reading them today. They are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come, 
Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. We'll stop reading there at verse 14. I want to use a couple of verses in connection with these, found in the 12th chapter of Hebrews, and I'm going to take my title from these verses. The Hebrew writer said, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of God. Now the Hebrew writer said that we should be looking unto Jesus. Last week my, my, my lesson was titled, Delight in the Lord. Our thoughts, our minds, our lives, um, everything that is about us should be focused on the Lord. If we would realize today, brothers and sisters, how blessed we are, what a glorious hope we have in Jesus, and not just for the future, but for today, for our time right now, for our life right here in the present, we should delight ourselves in the Lord. I want to talk to you today for a few moments about a great cloud of witnesses. A great cloud of witnesses. And I'm not going to re-preach my sermon from last week, but I began with Psalm 19 where the heavens declare the glory of God. And I want to, you know, I've been reading and studying the Bible for many, many, many years. And as you continue on, you just keep making connections between new things all the time. God's word is a, a bottomless well. You don't ever get to the bottom of it. The heavens above declare the glory of God. And here the Hebrew writer says that we are surrounded with a great cloud of witnesses, another uh, I don't know, kind of a celestial type illustration. Now the heavens that the psalmist was talking about was the heavens way beyond where the stars and the sun and the moon are, you know, and, and, and we can stand and, and look at that at, in the daytime or at nighttime. What a glorious, wonderful sight it is. The clouds much lower... Um, you know, and, and, and all those clouds out there floating around in the sky. We're surrounded by them, in a way. But now the Hebrew writer, he had just finished, in Hebrews chapter 11, giving us example after example after example of men and, and women who lived their life for God. And using the heavens above as an example, he used those, those people who lived such godly um, righteous, faithful lives, and he said we're surrounded with this great cloud of witnesses. And folks, listen. The heavens above declare the glory of God. 
and we're surrounded or compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, it occurred to me we don't have to look very far for a good example in our life to follow. Are you following me? We don't have to look very far. We don't have to look very hard to find a good example to follow. They're everywhere. I preached a sermon some years ago, Strategically Situated Saints. And God has, has blessed our lives and He has surrounded us with these saints, men and women of God who, who live for God and, and bear witness and testify of His goodness and grace and mercy, and they're everywhere around us. I remember when I was lost, everywhere I turned, I'd run into a Christian somewhere. You know, I, I remember I lived at home with a Baptist preacher. You know, we couldn't get away from church at my house. And even when I would get away from home, thank the Lord, I felt, you know, I, I can get away from this religion stuff for a little while. I continued to bump into Christians who faithfully witnessed to me. We are compassed about. We are surrounded with a great cloud of witnesses. And it's not hard today for us to find a good example to follow. With that said, I want to spend a few moments today talking about some examples of people that we don't want to be like and of things that we don't want to do. We, we need to do that much. This week, I have an 18-year-old cousin who's lying in the intensive care unit of the hospital in Johnson City, Tennessee. She was involved, 18 years old, first year of college. She was involved with a young man who was involved in drugs, and together they were involved in a high-speed auto chase from the law when they wrecked the car and both of them were thrown out of the car and she's lying in a hospital in Johnson City. I believe the doctors have given her less than a 5% chance of survival. She's one of, of twins. She is... Um, physically beautiful, but I, I'm greatly concerned that she's not going to overcome this. Young people, listen to me. You don't have to worry about addiction. You don't have to worry about becoming addicted to alcohol. You don't have to worry about becoming addicted to drugs. What you have to worry about is taking that first drink of beer or smoking that first joint or taking that first hit of methamphetamine or whatever it is. You don't have to worry about the addiction. It will take care of itself. What you need to worry about is that first time, the very first time, because what it leads to is where my cousin is right now, what it, your control, it will take you where you don't want to go. 
Now here in our, in our lesson, our reading lesson, Paul began in the 10th chapter, the 9th chapter, excuse me, about being a winner. Being a winner, living a successful life. And if we're going to live a successful life, whether it's for God or, or, or whether it's for just for ourselves, there are certain things that we have to do. And one of those things is we have to learn to control our own urges and to bring our bodies into subjection to our will and to be temperate in all things. But I want to tell you this, you can't achieve what you, would, what, what you could possibly achieve without the Lord. God has a plan for your life, and we'll come to that in just a moment. God has a plan for your life, and you can't get there without God. You just can't get there on your own. Paul gave us an example about Israel, how that God had blessed them. Listen, he delivered them from, from their bondage in Egypt, just like he has saved many of us. And for you that are lost here today, you've never experienced the saving grace of God. He will save you too if you'll just put your faith and trust in him. God delivered Israel, the whole nation of them, brought them out of their slavery and brought them out into the wilderness. He fed them and he kept them clothed all through the wilderness. He appeared to them in the heavens above. He delivered them from Pharaoh. They witnessed their enemies die. Uh, there at, at the Red Sea and, and he brought them to the Mount Sinai and he spoke to them. The ground shook beneath them. The, the heavens was lit up above with his presence, his glory. And he gave them the law, his commandments. He gave them words that would guide them through their life. But the, the Hebrew writer says, but with many of them, God wasn't well pleased. Why? Because they just didn't listen. They just didn't listen. They had urges and they had desires of their own and they just didn't listen to the words. They, 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 they made light of the experience that they had in their own life and they died in the wilderness in unbelief. And it's almost unbelievable that that could happen having seen the things that they've seen. But what about you? What about you? God has surrounded you with a uh, uh, an unbelievable cloud of, of witnesses. You know, we can look back in the Old Testament, those lives that, that God has given to us in His Word, if we would care to read them. But we don't even have to look that far. You can look around you in your own life at people that God has surrounded you with that have, have lived a life of faith and who continue to, to give themselves to the Lord and to testify of His goodness and grace and mercy. They're everywhere. We're living right here in the Bible Belt. And yet, sadly, so many people perish without the Lord because they don't listen or they just don't pay attention or they succumb to the enemy, the devil. Peter wrote... In 2 second, second Peter chapter 3, I believe it is, he said, Be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Listen, let's, let's all just be real quiet just for a minute. Just real, real quiet. Can you hear him? Can you hear that roaring lion? No. No. The lion does not roar, Amos said, when he has taken no prey. Oh, no. The lion sneaks up on his prey silently, slowly, imperceptibly, 
and, and you don't even notice that he's there until it's too late. But I'm telling you, God's word has given you a warning that that roaring lion is about, and he seeks to devour you. And the lion will prey on the, on the youngest of the species, and he'll prey on your life. And if you're not paying attention, if you're not sober and vigilant, if you're not awake and watching, that lion will destroy your life just like he has done so many others. These things are our examples, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, that we shouldn't make the same mistakes. We've got examples right before us this week that we should not make the same mistake that they made. And yet it won't be long. It won't be long. Somebody else will be in the news. It'll be just as tragic, just as sad that another brilliant, wonderful life has been cut short because of something that this world has to offer that men and women and and young people should not touch. Now, Paul said there has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. In Matthew chapter 4, we have an example there where Jesus went out into the wilderness to pray, fast and pray. He was about to begin his earthly ministry here in in this life, his public ministry. And before doing that, before engaging in anything important, Jesus set an example for us to follow. He prayed. He, He talked to his Father in heaven about it, and he went out into the wilderness, and he fasted and prayed for 40 days and 40 nights, and the devil came to him at that moment and began to tempt him, and he said, command these stones that they be made bread. Listen, this is a common temptation to all of us of of just the, the common, ordinary appetite. You know, those things that, just ordinary things that we want, food and clothing, shelter, um, you know, and there would be a lot of things on, on that list of just common things that we need. And so often people will, will miss heaven because of those common, ordinary things. The devil in C.S. Lewis's book said all we have to do is get the sinner to think about lunch. That's it. Just think about a sandwich for lunch and we'll keep him out of heaven. Common, ordinary appetites, we all have them, but God knows we have need of those things, and he'll supply those things, but we should trust in the Lord and put him first in our life. The devil came to the Lord and tempted him with this common, ordinary appetite, and he said, it's written, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. But I'm telling you that this common, ordinary appetite will keep us from heaven. He went on and took him up to a, 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 a great high mountain. He said, cast yourself off because it's written that thou shalt not dash thy foot on a stone. No harm will come to you. And folks, listen. This is the just common old uh, urge that we have for excitement, even danger in our life. People jump out of airplanes because they just want to. You know, trust in a parachute. We're going to make it to the ground. I know it's been tested the military does it because they have to. You know, some people do it just because they want to, because they get a thrill out of it. They jump off of bridges and jump off of buildings and cliffs and things of that nature because there's a high there. There's, a, there's something that just fills an excitement. But you can put in that same category drugs and alcohol, you know, 
and sex. Oh yeah, sex. There probably isn't a greater urge that men and women have that has caused more harm in their life than that one. Folks, listen today. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus, sure enough. The author and finisher of our faith. Praise the Lord. I don't know what you need today, but I know God does. If you're lost this morning, won't you come to Jesus? Call on Him and ask Him to save your soul and to give you direction for your life. If you've been saved and you're not a member of the church, get in the church. Get in the church, follow the Lord in baptism, get in the church and live your life the best you can for God. And stay close to the fire, C.S. Lewis said. And I believe that fire is burning in, in, in this church, HMBC. It's a glorious privilege to be a member of the church. God knows your heart, he knows your need, and he's capable of letting each and every one of you know what that need is. Trust in the Lord now. Seek him with all your heart. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Praise the Lord. This morning, won't you come to Jesus? Call on him and ask him to save your soul and to give you direction for your life.